We're here to advocate, Stoop. educate, and inspire society. Welcome back to Legends of the Stoop. I am your host, Mike Pernice. Today, joining me on the Stoop is none other than my girlfriend, Michelle Legree, who is a registered dietitian here in the Pittsburgh area. So today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what it means to be a dietitian. Um, also, honing in on sports dietetics, as is, that is one of her areas of expertise among many. She has a a lot, of, a lot of letters <laughs> after her name. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about uh, some misconceptions that there is out there in terms of supplementation use, uh, excess amounts of protein, yada, yada, yada. We have a lot to go on uh, and talk about in this episode, along with premier, uh, showing you how to prepare a meal that she has picked out for us. So Mish, welcome to the Steve. Thank, Thank you, you so much for uh, coming on today. Of course. So to get things started, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about the demonstration you're going to be showing us, and then we can go ahead and segue into talking a little bit about you. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, today I actually picked out kind of a, a dual recipe. One is actually a freezer pesto that I thought would be um, delicious for delicious. one, the fact that I know a lot of people, their basil plants are thriving right now for it being <laughs> um, almost a July. And then on top of that, for uh, incorporating some tofu, we are going to do some crispy air fryer tofu. So one to show everyone a little bit how to cook tofu, mm -hmm. what would be an easy, quick way to get um, a plant-based protein in there too. So I'm going to do a basil pesto mixed with uh, air fryer tofu. Nice. Awesome. And then what is uh, our carbs in this meal? Yeah. So I actually today picked out a bonza um, chickpea pasta. Ooh, so okay. uh, a great way to get a little bit extra protein. It's got 23 grams per serving plus also eight grams of fiber. So. Is that uh, a gluten-free option or is that? So in terms of it's chickpea pea protein. So yes, it would be gluten-free. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, why don't we go ahead and just talk a little bit about who you are before, or as I guess we started like prepping our meal here. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and just start off simply where, where did you go to school? Um, you know, tell them a little bit about your undergrad, then your master's experience. Um, and then we can go ahead and segue in that into your early career phase. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, I have been a dietitian for um, about 11 years now, which is crazy to think. Um, I went to Ohio University for my undergrad for um, science, human and consumer sciences, so dietetics. Um, after that, I had to do a, a to become a, become a dietitian, you need four years of undergrad, and you actually need to um, do a dietetic internship, which is a year-long uh, program that uh, provides you with a certain number of hours of continuing ed, which um, is unpaid, which is unpaid. <laughs> Some of them are, yes, unpaid. <laughs> um, so you have to do continuing ed hours, uh, which I got to do mine here in Pittsburgh with Adagio Health, mm -hmm. and which was amazing because I really got to do shadow dietitians in different areas, which helped me then find my niche of what I liked. And so different areas in terms of different areas of expertise, or yes. different areas in terms of geographic. No, different areas of expertise. So okay. I got to do some clinical work. So with dietitians in the hospital, mm -hmm. I got to do work with dietitians outpatient, um, the cancer center, uh, sports nutrition, 
um, in terms of you know doing pediatrics and um, marketing, um, it, sales. So I was really all over the place. So but. what got you interested in it in the first place? So why did you like decide to have your undergrad in this? Yeah, um, so that actually goes back to high school. So I was um, a high school athlete. I played, I did competitive cheerleading, played soccer, was in track. So very active person. And um, I started to notice that when I was um, eating better, my performance was better. So that really was when I was going back to back from soccer to cheer practices. Um, and if I was not eating the right things, I was seeing I was not performing the right way. So I really started to hone in on my body, my nutrition. And that was right, when, right around when Super Size Me came out, if anyone remembers that um, series. So Super Size Me was a documentary way back, I think in 2006, 2005, I think is when it came out, okay. um, where they did a study on the guy just ate McDonald's for um, a few months Yikes. and <laughs> his cholesterol went through the roof and he gained a lot of weight. Was um, He actually saw issues with mood, um, energy, whole slew of issues. And that is really when the diabetes uh, epidemic was skyrocketing. So mm -hmm. they were really showing the benefits of, you know, eating less processed, just having more fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, whole grains, all those right. in your diet. So I kind of really loved learning about that. Uh, I did my senior project on that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going into dietetics from there. Now, so. did you ever see a dietitian growing up? I didn't, no. So I didn't see a dietitian. So um, any, any reason why? Any particular reason? Or I will like... say my high school did not do the best job in terms of like offering because now that I am a dietitian, I see a lot of um, like high school athletes, um, even middle school athletes, you know, wanting to get that good nutrition for mm -hmm. um, putting themselves in a great place for potentially like D1 athletics or right. college sports, um, pro professional sports. So um, no. Yeah. Now, is it more of these individuals like seeking you guys out on their own or is there like now like a more push from the schools? I think it's both. I think some of, I get some referrals from coaches who do know the benefits of a dietitian. So I get mm -hmm. some from the coaches, some from word of mouth where um, if, you know, like some, one player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One yeah. player, you know, tells another player that they had benefits with talking with myself, it, especially I see like athletes, let's say if they're vegan, vegetarian, they're having issues with like energy or um, they're re-injuring themselves that actually mm -hmm. can potentially be them under fueling. If they're not getting enough nutrition or they're missing something, they're not going to be performing where they need to be. And those questions start like coming up, what can I do now? that's where they might search for a dietitian and my name will, will pop up um, if within the Pittsburgh region. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So as we kind of like segue into our topic on sports dietetics, mm -hmm. um, what do we need to start getting prepped here in terms of our meal? Yeah. So um, we'll, let's get started then for prepping this. And I did want to say in terms of also to add to it after the internship, I did have to sit for a national board exam, which um, again is another, another piece of becoming a dietitian, the undergrad, the a internship, a lot of hurdles, yes. <laughs> um, sitting for the national board exam for, to become a dietitian and then continuing ed that's always needed. And that's really the difference that separates us from nutritionists or people that say, 
oh, I've da- I have a little nutrition background or those trainers that just, um, no offense out there, will say like, yeah, I've, I've taught myself. So I, I'm, I now know how to teach everyone. Whereas right. we've gone through the training of um, five plus years of, you know, and, and I've also have a master's. So six, seven years of both the not only the the sciences, the um, microbiology, the physiology, everything coming together with nutrition and right. how that can impact your health and sports. Yeah, yeah, and and also one thing too, another thing I want to touch on, I guess as we're wrapping up, kind of like our background on you is Farm Truck Foods, is the business that you ran mm-hmm. in terms of serving food deserts here in Pittsburgh. Um, so not just how important nutrition is to athletes but how important it just is for us people, everyday people, everyone, right? Because as you mentioned even earlier already, how it can not only just affect like, you know, your mind, but then also how like inflammation with the back, like as you know, you see me go through one days where I don't eat well, right? Um, So like just everyday health, but also obviously you need to be eating or as I like to put it, putting the right fuel in uh, in order to see that peak performance. Because if you're running, you know, uh, a Corvette you're going to put in like top top gas into that Corvette you're exactly. not going to run the regular so it's the same exactly. thing when it comes to an athlete yes there's a lot of great analogies with a car and a person with fueling ourselves because like you said if we're not fueling ourselves the right way we're not going to be able to go the distance as far mm-hmm. um so ever that and that's the same with every single person and I work um as a dietitian right now I work in a private practice where I get to see a variety of different people um but before I started with this position I was able to actually Actually, through my um, master's in business administration with the healthcare emphasis, uh, I went through a course that allowed me to write a business plan for um, coming up with an idea of how to increase the nutrition of Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. my idea was, uh, my group's idea was a food truck that um, what back in, this was now 2000 and I want to say nine or 10. Um, no, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was about 2010, 10 or so, 10 or 11. Um, food trucks were not as big as they are right now in Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. we did some research on food trucks in DC, uh, New Mexico, Phoenix, a couple of different areas that had a few of them and um, kind of based our model off of those because they were actually working as nonprofits to um, service the food deserts in those areas. So mm-hmm. we our goal was, and our mission was the fact that Pittsburgh has a ton of food deserts, um, still do, uh, they've shrunk a little bit, but not still, you know, the Just Harvest has a bunch of great research out there and just the the lack of nutrition and um, the lack of food access in Pittsburgh. So our goal was to not only help the farmers by bringing those, the produce that they are um, harvesting into Pittsburgh because farmers just don't have the time to do right. that. They're on the field, the farm all day in the fields. Um, so have them having to bring all that food into the city is a huge process. So right. we were trying to help the farmers and then also the food deserts, the people in areas like Homewood, Hazelwood, uh, Larimer, uh, Millvale, places that don't have grocery stores by bringing um, our truck and being able to stop at each of those places. Yeah. And, you, and you would think that like a grocery store would be like probably the most essential thing to have in a community. Right. And the fact that there is not, I mean, I mean, it's just like 
kind of mind-boggling it is to be yeah. honest because I mean, it's something i feel like we take for granted mm-hmm. you know for those of us who live in areas where we have not multiple. just one but yeah. sometimes multiple right right, right. exactly I, and we when we were doing the studies it was just heartbreaking to see some of and seeing testimonials and talking with people in these communities where they were so grateful to have our truck there because they had to take a bus just to get into the city with their two bags that once they fit as much as they could in there, they would have to bus back. Whereas we can go in and out. We can take a whole shopping cart to our car. Don't even think about the lengths that people have to go by themselves, sometimes with a child or two Mm -hmm. that um, they have to bring, you know, try to carry produce all the way back to another community. Or if you're an elderly person living in those food deserts too, the difficulty you have, you know, because up until, you know, recently there wasn't, apps like GoPuff or uh, like Uber Eats and stuff like that or some of these like delivering apps but even so still like some senior citizens don't have the access to that technology so they're at even more of a disadvantage Mm -hmm. as well. Exactly yeah so Farm Turk Foods was created from that and we actually won the competition throughout all the Pittsburgh schools my group did Uh, so we did get (laughs) Um, because of that, we actually worked with an accelerator program that um, gave, uh, provided us with money to get the whole business started if we were interested, which of course we were. Um, so we started the business, Farm Truck Foods. So I was working full time, plus getting my MBA, plus then also uh, running and <laughs> <laughs> operating a food truck business on the side. So it was a, the busiest time of my life by far, but I loved every minute of it. Um, it was a great business that really got to, I just, was able to not only help so many people with the access piece for the food, but the relationship with the farmers, with the individuals in those communities. And then also I got to tie in my nutrition with it too, because I would do um, talks in the communities. I did food demos such as this um, with the products that we were um, selling because Mm -hmm. some people may not know how to cook a butternut squash or what to do with spaghetti squash. So um, I made sure whatever we had, I had demo sheets for them. I was talking with them on, you know, here's how to use this. And then we also did uh, educational pieces to um, help make sure that, you know, everything that we had was uh, able to be used by those, the families in those communities. Uh, yeah, I loved it. So it was a, a really great, um, I think it was at the wrong time. Um, my other co-founder Meredith and I always say that like, if it was now, it might've been a different story just for the fact that food trucks were not as popular. It was right. definitely ahead of its time, I think, but it was a great experience and um, got to really use all my nutrition skills in more of a community type setting. Um, which I loved, you know, cause I'm, uh, my goal as being a dietitian was just to help as many people as I could in terms of helping them thrive and live longer, have better, healthier lives and do what they love too. So, yeah. Well, as we talk about food, I'm getting a little hungry <laughs> and it's garlic. I know. Yeah. It's very potent. Yeah. So yeah. Why do you say we start fueling ourselves? Sounds good. So awesome. What should we do first? Yes. So for the freezer pesto, um, so what we're going to need is some spinach, um, some basil, and edamame, which you can get frozen or uh, in the refrigerated section at Trader Joe's, Market District, Whole Foods, any of those places. Um, you're going to need some hemp hearts. So hemp hearts are actually hulled hemp seeds. Um, you can find these in Market District, Trader Joe's, 
um, uh, all these, any of those stores would have that too. We're gonna need olive oil. We are gonna need Parmesan, salt and pepper. And then also um, we're gonna need the, whatever pasta that you want to use. So you can use the chickpea pasta. Um, you can use, if you would like, you know, another type of grain potentially up to you. We're just using the bonza because I'd love to get a little extra protein and fiber in this meal to show um, the benefit of how we can get uh, a lot of protein actually without any meat sources. So yeah, yeah. so to start, we're going to take about 10 ounces of spinach. So just kind of measure that out with a cup and put that into, we're gonna put it all in the blender. So this actually is why um, I, I wanted to do this recipe because you can actually save this and freeze it or, okay. yeah. So yeah. meal prepping. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you can save it, um, use it later on or make it for the family for that. Or you can use some of it and save some of it and freeze it. So, right. um, so the basil, you're gonna wanna do a fourth of a cup. And so I already picked my basil from my basil plant outside, which are, our basil's <laughs> thriving right now. So another reason why I wanted to do this recipe. So throw that into the blender. And then you're also going to want to do a quarter cup of the hemp seeds, hemp hearts. And these are high in protein, high in fiber, um, but they also have omega-3 fatty acids. So um, they're the good healthy fats that we want to be seeing in our diet a lot more of. And what is the benefits to having those uh, in your diet? Yeah, so benefits for omega-3 fatty acids are eye health, brain health, heart health. Um, they really, we, we as Americans don't get a lot of those omega-3 fatty acids, so they can certainly help with uh, reducing our cholesterol, helping to make sure, again, we have a healthy, strong heart. And these are the, these are primarily found in fish, right? Um, so there, there's different sources of omega-3 fatty acids, but fish, cold water fish is mm -hmm. a really, really good source. So um, like cold water fish would be tuna, salmon, albacore, albacore tuna, lake trout, herring, sardines, mm -hmm. um, any cold or water fish is a really good source of omega-3 fatty acids. You can also though use for plant-based, um, uh, you can use chia seeds, flaxseed, um, hemp hearts, you could also get it from olive oil. Another benefit are some of the good oils like avocado oil, olive oil, um, uh, canola oil, things like that too. So um, let me, where's the tablespoon measure? Actually, let's just make sure. Okay, actually it's a fourth of a cup. So, perfect. So we're gonna add a fourth of a cup of our olive oil. So it's got a double helping of those omega-3 fatty acids with the hemp hearts and olive oil in there. And this is gonna be what helps to really mix up um, and be the liquid for the pesto. So we got that in there. And then we're also going to add in some garlic. So one head of minced garlic, which I already did to save us a little time. So I'm gonna add that in here for us. Okay. And then we're also going to do a quarter teaspoon, which I'll just use a little bit of this, of black pepper. And where did you get that black pepper from? 
I got this black pepper from Penzi Spices, which is my favorite go-to place for spices. Um, we have a variety that we use every day for, for our eggs every morning. Um, they have some really, really amazing salt-free spices too. So the barbecue ones that we've tried. Yes, very good. Really yes, good too. yeah. So healthy option. They have a ton of different, uh, you know, types of spices. And they did just open back up. Um, they were closed for a oh, while. Wait, even. You can go in now? Yes, oh, you can nice. go back in. So that's one one benefit too. Um, all right, so we'll do, we got the pepper in there. We're also gonna add the salt. So same, just a quarter of a teaspoon there for some salt. So is salt still the enemy? Not for an athlete, no. but um, for, and, and for a lot of people that are more active, I think salt had been the enemy for so, salt was too much of the enemy for too long with the, um, back in you know, early 2000s when we went on the heart health kick and people said no salt ever, but we still do need salt. It actually, you know, is part of a lot of different processes in our body and mm -hmm. we need that salt water balance and um, so not the enemy, I'd say for if you, you know, if you're conscious of, you know, just adding salt lightly to foods and you're not doing a lot of processed um, foods, eating out a lot where those are usually the heavier types of sodium rich dishes, right. then you're probably okay unless you do have high blood pressure or something that would put you, um, want, we, we would want to cut back a little bit and have more of a heart healthy style diet. Gotcha. But yeah. But an athlete needs, needs salt, which we can touch on with hydration uh, a little bit later there. Okay. Um, so we got the quarter teaspoon of salt. And then also we're going to do um, some Parmesan, which you can use a um, vegan Parmesan if you'd like to or not. Um, completely up to you. So we are going to do, that's one tablespoon, which are tablespoon measure. I'm going to do this over the sink. <laughs> Okay, and then just pop that in there. So we are good to go. We've got everything in. So it looks super pretty. And um, actually, we already, already smells great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to blend this, which I already did for us because I didn't want to have to do that on camera. So um, that is the pesto, like I said, that um, blend for a few minutes, you'll see it'll get a really good consistency. And then I just use this to scrape down the sides um, to make sure that it blends uh, you know, evenly. So um, just to, do you want to move on to see the finished product of that or? Of the sauce? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. If you want to show the finished product yeah. of the sauce and then we can slide that on. Sounds good. So um, while that was blending, uh, we, we added some edamame, which is again, another great protein source mm -hmm. for any vegan vegetarian at, or anyone of course, too, for, um, an extra protein source, a half a cup, um, which again, like I said, all you have to do is warm these up in the microwave or stove top. So super easy. Um, and a half a cup has about nine grams of protein. So really easy way when we're thinking of trying to get enough protein in a meal for especially some of the bigger athletes, adding things like edamame, um, you know, chia seeds, flax seed, um, beans, lentils, great way to amp up the fiber and the protein. Mm -hmm. So I added, so I already cooked these, um, it only took, took about two minutes in the microwave. 
And then for another protein source, and we, we did cook the pasta already too to right. save us some time, but um, just follow the recipe for, uh, or the instructions on how to cook that. And um, you can make as much as you'd like to for how many family that members? Has 23 grams? Yes. And yeah. what, a cup? It is two ounces. Two ounces. Oh, no, that's dry. Yeah. Yeah, so it usually ounces, puffs out, right? so it'll probably be like four ounces. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Especially like as we were talking about, like especially for someone who's a vegetarian or a vegan athlete per se, mm-hmm. like it's very hard to cover your protein bases. Right. Uh, and touching on that, like I know I was always told like in, in like growing up and in high school, like, hey, like, don't eat more than, like, 30, 35 grams of protein in a meal because, like, anything over that is, is like, apparently excess. Like, mm-hmm. you don't absorb, mm-hmm. and it just, like, you know, goes out. Yeah, yeah. So they've kind of uh, debunked that a bit. I mean, um, the goal still is for protein to, um, which we as dietitians will take whoever we're working with, and we can calculate your protein needs based on mm-hmm. your current weight. And if you want to lose weight or gain weight, what that should look like. So the protein needs for someone will vary. And of course, if someone is a strength athlete or an endurance athlete, which they're even showing endurance athletes do need more protein, strength athletes need a a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be taken into account for what the gram amount would be. But for any, anyone, um, ideally, we want to just space out that protein and have good piles of protein throughout the day so that your body is just optimally using that um, just in instead of having one big meal let's say dinner and then you skip breakfast lunch and then have 100 grams of protein in your dinner meal that's not the best way (laughs) we'd rather have let's say you know 30 40 grams uh, for a bigger athlete let's say for example like 40 grams 40 grams maybe 50 60 maybe a couple snacks of 25 to try to hit that 200 or so mark right now, in terms of when it comes to like absorption of protein, uh, is there like, does it matter whether or not it's like whey protein, pea protein, or any other of these type of proteins, or does it simply just matter that it's protein? Like, is protein essentially protein? Yeah, no, that's a great question because um, protein is not essentially just protein. It depends on, let's say, for a vegan vegetarian athlete that um, wants to get like edamame or, or beans or lentils. Um, beans, lentils, those are not complete proteins. So what that means is they need to be paired with something else to actually have all the amino acids that make up a protein. Okay. So there are essential amino acids that are found. Meat is, let's say, a meat, fish, those are all complete proteins. So they have all the amino acids that are essential that our body does not make that we we need. So for let's say beans, nuts and seeds, they need, that's why you'll see a lot of dishes that are beans and rice because rice has certain amino acids and beans have certain amino acids. So paired together, Uh you get all the amino acids that you need in, in your meal. And what are the, is those as BCAAs that I always put yep, in my drink yeah, afterwards? Yeah, yep. leucine, isoleucine, valine, there's a whole long list, but yeah, so um, the essential ones that, um, you know, that again, are you always are, that are found in protein sources with meat, um, mm-hmm. whey, so, you know, milk, you know, dairy, um, that's why whey protein is, is 
great because it has all of those already in it. Whereas again, like a pea protein blend, that's why usually you see for a vegan protein, it's usually a blend of rice, pea, um, splits, bean, um, brown rice, something like that, that um, they take a couple of different sources so that they can have all the, those amino acids in that protein powder. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when it comes to like protein powder, what vegan per se, is there like any specific brand you might recommend uh, for those who might be interested? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are a few good brands. Um, I would say my, my, one of my favorites is Orgain, which is probably the most accessible to anyone. They have ready-made drinks and also the powder. So if you're someone that wants just the drink that you don't, don't even, you can take it with you on the go, super easy. Um, or the protein powder is pretty good too. So I will say it's, um, with vegan protein powder, it is still like pea rice. So it's not the best tasting sometimes for some of them. So that's why it's nice to throw berries and throw peanut butter and different types of fruits, vegetables in there. So it can amplify and give you a really nice taste holistically instead of just the protein powder and water, let's say. (laughs) Now, so we talk a lot about protein, Mm -hmm. right? But that's not the only thing that should be on my plate when I sit down. Yes. Right. So (laughs) in terms of like making sure I'm properly fueled, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, say I have a game tomorrow. Like what should be on my plate? Yeah. So for any athlete that I work with, um, that's going to look a little different based on where they're at and if it's a rest day, if it's a training day, if it's a competition day, mm-hmm. completely in different season, plate. In season. Season, yes, exactly. So rest days, we're going to maybe have, we're going to have more color on that plate. So it's going to be um, half that plate, fruits, vegetables, getting more color. And that's kind of, this is how most of us should be eating every single day is mm-hmm. half that plate getting fruits, vegetables, that color, a quarter of that plate. So literally split yep. this plate in half, mm-hmm. half vegetable, yes, quarter protein, and then quarter grain. Exactly. And then a little bit of sparing healthy fat source. So that could be a tablespoon of olive oil. That could be a tablespoon of the hemp parts. That could be cheese. Yep. Cheese, um, ounce of cheese. That could be um, a tablespoon of nut butter of some sort. So that would be that fat source. So we need a sparing amount of fat because it's still essential to, like we said, get those omega-3 fatty acids. Um, but it is very dense calorically. So that's why you only need a little bit for per meal to still get the same benefits. Okay. Yeah. So for, let's say an athlete on competition day, that's going to look a little different where, um, carb, you're going to get a lot more carb carbs Mm -hmm. are, victimized a lot in the uh in just the world right now with just the diet culture that's out there but carbs athletes specifically really need carbs that is going to fuel them for their workouts it's going to help with recovery it's going to help with their mood their energy throughout the rest of the day um that's going to help you give their muscles that glycogen it needs for those um for your high sprint days and or your competitions, your jumps, your runs, everything. So um, that's that plate is going to be half carb and still getting some color protein and a little bit of fat too. So again, the plate varies and we call it the performance plate. And that's mm-hmm. what I really go over with my athletes that I work with based on, okay, this is what your plate needs to look like. What do you like? And what we, how we can form that plate based on gotcha. what they prefer so that again, it's working best for them. Gotcha. Yeah. So what would be, what, if I'm following your plate recommendations to a T, what are some of the effects I should see when it comes to 
um, my performance and then also just like my overall health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think going back to how you were saying about fueling your car, um, if you're <laughs> fueling yourself the right way, you're going to have better energy. You're going to be performing better. I have a, all, a ton of my athletes coming back right away and saying, wow, I can't believe I'm able to push myself that extra bit by jump, being able to jump higher for volleyball, being able to, um, you know, run a little bit, you know, hit my PRs a little bit easier for, you know, lifting or for cycling, things like that from yeah. getting more carb and timing um, the meals appropriately based on what their workout or sport um, is. So we really work on timing, the amount, and then also the quality of what you're getting for that sport, for what season you're in and what your day-to-day -day looks like. So what do you mean by timing? Like yeah. there's certain times I should be eating as an athlete? Yeah. It's not just like eat? I was just told <laughs> to eat, babe. Yeah, yeah. So they well, did me wrong? And uh, we've been working <laughs> on him getting more, eating more, and that's a common misconception is you know, oh, I can just eat twice a day and push myself through my, my workouts. Um, you know, you should be eating way more than that. You know, my athletes, I want them to be eating every two to three hours, um, whether that be a meal or snack that is going to give you enough fuel that is going to, especially again, if you're a uh, you know, bigger athlete, you're going to need a lot more calories and trying to fit in all of those in the dinner meal. You're going to have a GI upset. You're not going to feel great. You're going to be a little more tired, you know, the next morning trying to <laughs> digest all of that. And that's not going to optimize the fuel for your workouts during the day that you missed, missed having breakfast maybe, or didn't get enough fuel for, with snacks, yeah. things like that. So timing for having uh let's say a meal at a certain point usually like three four hours before uh, a meat is ideal and also the type of foods too can upset your stomach potentially so we we usually work with um you know our athletes to make sure that those meals three to four hours on especially competition um training days are low in fat low in fiber since those two are very hard to digest so um, that usually will cause upset for an athlete going into a competition or a training, or even for, let, let's say, a, a regular person like myself going to my workout classes, if I have too too much fiber, let's say a like, big thing of beans, might might not be the best bet for trying to do burpees after that. So <laughs> um, for anyone, that's a good, good rule of thumb is trying to have a meal three or four hours before, um, or you can, you know, certainly still have something, let's say, for um, if you you're wake up in the morning and your workouts in an hour, you can still certainly have something in an hour before that. Yeah, can that's like one thing uh, when I was coaching with uh, Franklin Regional, one thing that we emphasized to the kids was because we had lifting right after school mm -hmm. was, hey, like pack like, you know, like some sort of like granola bars and mm -hmm. some nuts, like something like some sort of like carb based right. uh, food that you can like, you know, shovel down real quick like in the 15 minutes you have yeah, between yeah. you know the day of school ending and right. lifting starting mm -hmm. just something simple and then making sure you have you know that protein powder there mm -hmm. as soon as you're walking out so that way you dump your head in your water bottle shake it up and you're good to get already exactly but i will add for the protein shaking up and leaving that you still need carb for post-workout yes, so um, milk and protein that you shake up and leave your, your workout with would be better than just water and protein. So um, that misconception you see some people leaving the gym with just their protein and water, they're not optimizing uh, their muscle glycogen, re refueling your muscles with 
the, the carb source and the protein together collectively. So there are definitely a lot of great strategies for just like you were saying, I, and I love hearing when coaches do really uh, work with students to make sure like, Hey, telling them, bring things with you pack in advance so that right. you have, you know, snacks and recovery meals. So you're not waiting hours before you get home. And then you, you've missed that window to optimize right. your recovery. Yeah. And also that is because like as coaches, we we're pushing you to exceed, right. Your mm -hmm. ceiling, yep. but you can never exceed or meet that ceiling. If you don't have the fuel to get there. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? So if you're, is exactly. a good coach needs to be preaching that as well mm -hmm. um which is definitely something that you know i would love to see more of mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but yeah. as we're talking a little bit about this timing um i think this would be like a good point to bring in and bring up intermediate fasting mm -hmm. because i know it's something that i've even done like as like even when i was playing like throughout yeah. like the seasons and stuff like, you know, I know there's like kind of like a big craze behind it right now. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of my friends who are also athletes currently right now have are have either done it or are doing it. So what are the drawbacks to intermediate fasting, not just as an athlete, but as, like for like your mm -hmm. health overall? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So intermittent fasting, as, as you said, is definitely the uh, new, you know, craze nowadays but certainly intermittent fasting is not one thing so it's very hard to even say what that is some people do it for religious reasons mm -hmm. some people are doing it for weight loss some people are doing it to maybe have more structure to their meals um, or to their meal timing so in terms of what you know for an athlete specifically you know it's different for their they have shown some benefits for weight loss but for an athlete I don't personally recommend it because of the fact one, if you have a morning practice and you're not eating for hours after that practice, again, you're not fueling for that workout right. and nor are you refueling in that time period that you need to, you're not saying, Oh, well I have my workout at 6am and I, I can't eat till 11, even though I'm famished, right. I'm, I'm tired, I'm lethargic. Um, I'm dehydrated. Yeah, muscles are literally like, Please, yes. like, give me, give yes. me something. <laughs> exactly. So I don't personally recommend it for my athletes for that reason, because they should be, like I said, eating every two to three hours to get all the protein, the carb, the fat, the hydration, you know, every, all the vitamins, nutrients they need, need for refueling and mm -hmm. for their immune system and for um, inflammation, reducing that inflammation that comes naturally when you're breaking your muscles and tearing your muscles through that workout. So if you're not timing that meal to be a post-workout recovery because it's not in your window, then it's not really up. You're not optimizing what, how you can. <laughs> right. Right. So then obviously that's just going to have tremendous drawbacks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So increased risk for injury. Um, again, you know, not being able to perform potentially at your um, capacity because you, you're not feeling yourself as you, you should be for right. those workouts. But, right. mm -hmm. So moving on in terms of our demo over here. So we have our pesto sauce. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are, and then we talked about the chickpeas. So we already have mm -hmm. the chickpea made up. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this tofu here. What mm -hmm. are we doing with the tofu? Yeah. So we are just going to air fry crisp it. So okay. 
Um, very easy. I thought I'd do something to add with it, which I know um, for a lot of people looking at tofu, they are, I, I just, I, I bring it up in conversation. A lot of people are I very, <laughs> very overwhelmed <laughs> when they hear tofu because they think, whoa, I don't know what that is. I can't cook with it. I, yeah. you know, a lot of people have not used it. And it's so easy, you know, as he can. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, it's really easy. Like I was a little, little intimidated by it at first because I'm looking at it and I'm just like, it is a white block of nothingness. So yes. I'm like, but when you think about it, it's essentially just like a very nice blank canvas mm -hmm. that you can flavor. Like it, it just absorbs any, any flavor that you put into it so like if you're making like that barbecue tofu that i love to make is unbelievable it, it's really good and the the seasoning just like really um packs a punch with tofu so i i really like it tempeh also mm -hmm. yes. is another good one yeah very good so yeah like he, he said that you know it certainly takes on whatever flavor that you put it with so that's really the the best way to um just be able to use it in anything is you know flavor it up and put it with something that, you know, a good sauce that you like, mm -hmm. um, seasoning that you like, and it's just going to take on those flavors. So yeah. really easy to work with. It's a great calcium source. It almost has as much calcium as like a cup of milk. Oh, so for okay. someone who, especially athletes need that calcium and um, vitamin D for, you know, strong bones for muscles. I mean, that, right. that is, you know, essential. So, um, you know, Plus you can also get it from some greens while we're adding in, you know, kale and spinach, things like that to broccoli to your diet, but also for tofu too is a great source. Right. Um, yeah. So in terms of how to prepare tofu, um, we always start actually, uh, which I'll give a, a little tip is to press it overnight. Mm -hmm. So we always take the block out and we'll like um, take out the excess water and then put a paper towel underneath and over top of it and press it down. And then I'll leave that in the fridge overnight for uh, us to prepare the next day. So yeah, it's very important to make sure you absorb the water out of the tofu yes. or else like if you go to like cut it up, like we're going to show you, it's just going to crumble yep. because of that water. Just it doesn't really hold its uh, structure well. Exactly, yep. So the extra firm, and then if you're pushing out the water, as you can see overnight, it did get the um, paper towel wet. Soaked. So yes, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that that definitely is a good way to make sure that you're crisping it up easier. So mm -hmm. you're not putting yourself through um, having to, you know, work extra by getting the, that water out, cooking it longer. So um, as you can see, I've already cut a few pieces. All you literally have to do, it's very easy. You can just cut it like this straight down and then I will typically like take a piece and cut it again in smaller pieces and then once that way so then they come out like little, little squares cubes, yeah. little cubes you can make them whatever size that you want to so that really um, based on the recipe if you wanted you know bigger pieces if you're eating most of this yourself if you're you know bigger athlete right. um, then you can do you know a, a bigger slice or you can even cube it that way too I've seen recipes that you know certainly um, utilize that so again all up to how you what type of recipe that you're using well say the smaller pieces obviously are going to cook faster than the bigger pieces exactly. so if time is an issue then i definitely recommend going with the smaller pieces mm -hmm. yeah yep and so for again meal prepping with athletes mm -hmm. um tofu is just as easy as any of the other ones to prep because you can cut this up 
um, fully in these little cubes. You can prepare them and then you can put them in containers like this for the week with, let's say, your edamame on one side, you know, your other vegetables, your protein, you know, get that ready to go so you can take it to school for lunch or for your post-workout recovery meal right. that you can eat um, in the car on the way home. Yeah, so definitely some of the, like, the benefits of meal prepping, obviously the first one that comes to mind is convenience, yeah. right? So what are some other advantages to meal prepping for uh, athletes as well? Yeah, so convenience, definitely uh, a huge one. Just making sure you're getting enough of that key nutrition would be a reason a meal prep. So you're saving time, you're saving money, and you're optimizing the amount of nutrition that you can get from being mindful of, okay, if I chop up my veggies and fruits in advance, I'm more likely to use them. Uh, right. That's number one thing I talk with a lot of my clients about is how to use some of these fruits and vegetables so that they're getting not only protein but the color in there too by washing their vegetables and cutting them and putting them in containers right when they come home mm -hmm. or um, doing a big batch so that again they are more likely to be able to add those into those dishes you know right. very easily right yeah because it's, it's like cutting up vegetables it's like oh, you don't really think about it but it's kind of a little bit of a tedious process to do mm -hmm. like especially for us like when we make eggs every morning right. like we always put the vegetables in so it's like Mm -hmm. or you have it cut up then i don't have to sit here every morning and chop yes. it all up and put it in and it's just like more dishes yeah, no. No, thank you. yeah. <laughs> it's just like grab, one grab, grab my measuring cup because i know i need a couple veggies in there because of my diet plan put them in like it's done yes. it's easy yeah. it's immediate yeah yes and fun fact the stoop likes to do dishes i do not <laughs> so i am one of those people that will use my um cutting board once cut up all my veggies for numerous days for you know, salads for lunch, uh, eggs in the morning, throw some color in there. And then for like stir fries in the evening, mm -hmm. and then we're good to go for our color for the full week without having to try to prepare something every single night. Because again, if you're eating every two to three hours, there's no way you're going to spend That's a lot, the that's time. a lot of prep time. Yeah. It's a, a lot, lot of prep, prep time. So anything you can do to make that easier, but still optimize. I know that that is, you know, I, I call it planning the pre-plan where you mm -hmm. have to think about, okay, what do I need for next week? What types of meals am I in the mood for? And then, you know, going and buying those so that you have them and you can prepare those so that you don't even have to spend any time potentially during the week of right. putting those together. Yeah. Yeah. You can simply come home, pop it in the microwave. Like mm -hmm. it's all ready. Everything's measured out, makes tracking your macros so much easier. Yes especially if that's something that you're doing on a daily basis, which is really important to be doing if you're an athlete mm -hmm. and making sure they're at the right amounts, not, not too far up in one area and too far low in another. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also <laughs> something else that a dietitian can help with, with kind of, you know, individualizing, you know, some of those, you know, meal plans or, um, you know, making sure you're getting enough of what you need based on the numbers that we can, um, you know, calculate for you. Um, so, you know, definitely just for the convenience and like you were saying, for having things in between um, school and, you know, practice or in between, you know, competitions, meets, you know, that that's where having food ready to go is going to make life so much easier for you being able to fuel and optimize the best that you can. Yeah. Now, we talked a lot about like fueling coming from food sources right so like our tofu our edamame even our pesto sauce here but what about supplementation 
because I know that's like a big thing I was always told about, especially is like, you need to make sure that you're supplementing and supplementing properly too. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I was always told like creatine is like something I should always be taking on top of my BCAAs, on top of the protein and then like daily vitamins. Like, so what are supplements that I should as an athlete, you know, be making sure I'm including and then what are some that I can make sure to like steer away from as well. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Good question that I get a lot. And certainly um, as a dietitian, I'm, I'm always about whole foods first. Um, so getting it from, you can get all the nutrition you need from um, whole foods, mm-hmm. but certainly supplements can be beneficial as again, that, that eight, it's kind of like when we talk about the pyramid, it's the top portion of that pyramid that might be that extra little boost for someone if they're not getting enough of something that they need, mm-hmm. but the bottom tiers are, you know, hydration and fuel from real right. food. So, um, you know, it can certainly, again, be a good aid for, let's say, um, someone for you mentioned creatine, which does has really good studies in terms of the benefit of it, especially for those short bursts type workouts, um, sprints and jumps, things like that, that, you know, your, our body, um, it gets depleted very easily of creatine that it has. Um, mm-hmm. and especially for someone who's vegan or vegetarian, um, there's usually a pretty low, um, concentration in your body already of creatine. So, um, for our muscles using that, you know, supplementing can be beneficial for those workouts to get that extra burst um, so that you're not depleting it as quickly. So that one is has shown a lot of good studies for athletes. Um, omega-3s is another really good good one for not only um, competition and or for the athlete performance, but also for recovery because mm-hmm. of the fact that those omega-3s, like I said, have a great inflammatory type benefit for um, muscles for heart health, brain health, eye health, all of those good things. So um, that one they have shown to be beneficial for holistically, um, you know, a lot of people on top of, you know, definitely an athlete too. So um, that one's great. You said protein, definitely. Protein is, is I, I would even say it's, it's one that is a good crutch if, you know, for certainly, you know, those times when you're busy, you're on the go, you need right. like a protein shake with you. Um, or a whole smoothie that has protein powder. Um, it's definitely easy, convenient, and can be very helpful for um, someone, again, that needs to hit those protein goals for the day. Right. So I would say that one certainly is, is a really essential one. Um, a lot of times, depending, again, on, on athlete to athlete, a lot of times we can get enough protein if it's maybe someone a you know, smaller size or stature, but um, definitely can be good just for you know, on-the-go, uh, quick, convenient protein source. So um, protein, the creatine, omega-3s um, have been beneficial. I would say for um, vitamin D also being a good one too, that they've shown a lot of great studies for. And if you had to ask me what one supplement in Pittsburgh that is probably needed yeah. for a supplement, I would say vitamin D 100% because um, yeah, yeah, case in point, it was pouring today, no sun. Um, so we do not get the benefit of other people in other countries or closer to the equator um, that we would for just getting natural sunlight with that vitamin D. And then zinc too, right? Because doesn't zinc help absorb vitamin D or is it the other 
No, no, no. It says um, vitamin D actually better or helps absorb calcium. Right, that's so okay. calcium and vitamin D, a lot of supplements have them both together, but um, for vitamin D, I usually recommend, you know, a good bit based on what their diet might look like if they're pretty low in vitamin D, mm -hmm. or if they've had that taken with their doctor, which a lot of doctors will take based on if someone says they're low energy um, or you know, fatigue, things like that. They might have those results we can go over and then uh, be able to supplement based on that. But um, for like, even myself, I've, I um, take about 5,000 IUs of vitamin D, which is, there's a couple different counseling bodies that recommend how much per the um, dietary allowance. Mm -hmm. um, so that one's, that, that one's a little on the higher end. And I, I think it, you know, is, is very beneficial for making sure you're getting enough of. So um, yeah. So, and of course it can better help calcium too, for again, bone health, having both together would be essential. So, um, if you're getting tofu, but you're not getting, you know, some, a, a vitamin D source, let's say like a, you know, it's fortified in milks or, um, fish has some, um, again, that egg yolks have a little bit, but it's not in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So someone, especially a vegan vegetarian, we might look at supplementation or try to figure, you know, if, if they're not drinking, soy milk or something that can be fortified, then you know, a supplement would be beneficial. Yeah. So we talked about our pesto sauce mm -hmm. and we talked about our crispy tofu here. So we ready to show them? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I was going to add too, for the supplements that, um, for a warning too, um, you know, because like you were saying for what's the risk, Yeah. you know, again, for, supplements are not regulated. There's no governing body to say, you know, and anyone has to, any, anyone can make a supplement. So that's why it's scary. And some of my athletes will come and say like, Oh, I'm taking this, 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 this a whole laundry list. Yeah. And some of the, you know, um, some of the supplements out there are not third party approved. Um, there's government, there's bodies like the NSF that can, um, that looks at those companies, those supplements mm -hmm. and actually says what's in it is actually in it. Right. So they've done some really scary studies of saying like, um, you know, someone who's taken uh, ashwagandha, let's say for, for stress management, that there was actually like less than 5% or, or almost no ashwagandha actually in the product. Yeah. So, so it's like a fake almost placebo exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And also too, like, especially for those of you who are like college athletes, making mm -hmm. sure that your supplements are uh, checked NCAA approved. So mm -hmm. like they have the list on the website, but personally, I always just went to my trainer and would show them like, Hey, you know, I'm getting beyond raw nutrition, lab grade creatine. Is this mm -hmm okay to use and like you know i get his opinion on the matter obviously because he's the go-to person for us yeah. um in that setting so yeah definitely make sure you're getting all your supplements approved exactly. um because it's like one thing that you don't want to come back to bite you right. after you just put in all this work and all this stuff and then you take a drug test and you fail because you're taking something that has a banned substance in it and you didn't even know exactly yeah or it's just you're wasting your money i mean yeah. the fact that you know some of these supplements are not cheap um, and they're toted by an influencer or someone who actually knows nothing about what, <laughs> you know, the supplement does. Yeah. So, um, why it's good to talk with a trainer or a dietitian, um, your coach to see, you know, how an you can, expert. an expert that yes, knows a little bit more and has recommended brands like I do for the supplements that we get. So, right. um, yeah. But, All right. Well, let's try on this dish. It is, it looks mm -hmm. amazing. 
So like I said, we did already prepare the tofu in advance um, and then put this together so that you, we can easily show you. So this is the end product. So as you can see, we've got the <laughs> crispy to um, air fryer tofu on top. Mm -hmm. The edamame is kind of spurred within and then um, we have the pasta with the basil pesto just all all in there really nicely oh, yeah. so yeah it's a green i know it looks a little little green but the pesto is absolutely amazing and yeah. easy way to get spinach in your diet if you're not a huge greens person um, I am. um yes i know you <laughs> but a lot of people don't like you know greens so having basil in there little and a little bit of parmesan garlic really spices it up and right. um, hides having spinach in there so and if all of this green scares you you can always like take if you have like grape tomatoes like mm -hmm. slice up some grape tomatoes throw some in there add exactly. a different color if all this green scaring you but it doesn't scare me but i'm gonna take a little bit of blame. yeah go for it mm. Mm -hmm. flavor punch <laughs> yeah that's really good babe yeah, yeah good good, good thank mm. you <laughs> Good job, babe. Yeah, thank you. So, so yeah, what we did with the, the tofu actually um, before we air fried it is we actually put um, these spices. We'd use a little bit of onion powder, garlic powder, salt and pepper, and then um, we mix those up together. And then we also took olive oil. So we took these pieces, dunked them in the olive oil. Yep and then put it in cornstarch in the spices. So the cornstarch acts as a really good like binding agent for um, helping to crisp it up. So with the spices added into the cornstarch, we dip the pieces into the olive oil first and then into the spice cornstarch mixture and then laid it in the air fryer. And, and then put, put it in there for what, like 15 minutes? Yep, yeah, 12 minutes. 12 so minutes. even shorter. Nice. And this is what it came out to, as you can see, really nice crispy Golden. bites. Yeah. 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 So super easy and um, very delicious meal that certainly, like he said, you could add some other like great tomatoes, um, onions, uh, peppers, whatever you'd like to kind of, you know, again, put your own uh, little jazz twist on it. So looking at this plate right here, uh, just like, you know, rough estimate, like grams of protein, grams mm -hmm. of carbs, fat, like, because I know those are our three main macros yes. that we track. Yeah. Um, so what are we looking at here roughly? Yeah, so roughly, I'd say in terms of, um, you know, protein, depending on, I guess, how much tofu you want to use. So uh, that that could vary. But like we had said, for a half a cup being about nine grams for the edamame, which I put in a full cup here. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be about 18 grams just from the edamame. Um, you'd probably be getting close to, um, if you're getting like three ounces of tofu, maybe around like... Or, or let's say we'll go for four ounces of tofu. If we add a little bit more, um, about like six grams per ounce, that would be 24. 28 or so grams for um, if we did like four, four and a half ounces yeah. of the tofu. So then Plus we're the up to yes. from the edamame. So we're at 46 grams. Yes. And then this does have off the top of my head, I want to say like four grams of protein or so. 50. So. And then we also have protein from the chickpea. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, that so has that's like the 23 grams of protein um, for or 13 per two ounces, which we definitely have about eight ounces there. So it'd be 
about um, uh, 26 grams then for about eight ounces of cooked. Um, so in total, we have what, seven, was that 74? I'm gonna need my calculator for this. So. <laughs> Wait, it was like 48 plus 26. So yeah, it'd be 74 grams of protein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is a power-packed <laughs> bowl there. Yeah, um, yeah. And of course, it's a lot for one person, but certainly, you know, feel right. free to split it. And then I would just make sure you're getting enough tofu for each person. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that would be an easy way to get, you know, carb. Um, like we said, the fat serving. Yeah. It'd be a good good and amount per person if you split this too with the oil amount of oil we used. And if you're splitting the two, that's like, you know, roughly about 35 grams of protein mm -hmm. for that sitting, which mm -hmm. is like right in that, I would say, I guess we could call it like a sweet spot window Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. in terms of amount of protein you should be getting in your meals at least. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say that that definitely makes it, uh, you know, with again, athletes usually size wise and for how much they, their, your needs are um, like 35 would be a good, like just ballpark kind of number to yeah. throw out there for what would be a good amount. So when people come in and say like, oh, I get, um, I just have a Greek yogurt for breakfast and then I only <laughs> have a salad um, with a, you know, let's say just a salad for lunch and then they'll have like, you know, a Chipotle for dinner. Um, you know, certainly all good things, but you know, not that's enough not enough, not enough fuel. So that's really where I come in to, okay, well, let's have that Greek yogurt with a little bit of fruit as a pre-workout an hour before, right. let's still get breakfast with eggs and, and you know, toast. Yep. Yeah, uh, English avocado. muffin, nut butter, avocado, things like that in, let's get another snack in, then the salad, which we will throw edamame and salmon, um, which again, there's a lot of great easy ways that we can work together with, um, you know, instant brown rice or, um, fillets that are already prepared all you have to do is throw them on a sheet pan and mm -hmm. cook them in, in a batch so there's certainly ways you know that can make prepping all that food easier but um, definitely you know optimizing again for your performance someone that's under fueling is not potentially performing at their peak versus someone who is actually optimizing their fuel throughout the day right mm -hmm. well hey Mish Thank you so much for stopping by the stoop today. Of um, course. I appreciate it. You did of course. a wonderful job. This is delicious. I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> um, so at this time, please go ahead, give yourself a shout out. That way people know how to get in contact with you. Uh, if they want to see you, if they have questions about their diets, um, even like workout stuff, like, you know, where can they reach you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, you know, at, let's, let's give him, him also some credit because he's a really good chef too. And uh, we have oh, fun Fridays that we do like, uh, you know, we prep different meals, um, which is something that I always share with my clients because, um, you know, usually people go out Friday, Saturdays, but instead we usually try a new recipe out on yeah. Fridays together so that it's something, if we like it, we keep it in the rotation of, you know, planning it for other weeks. If we don't like it, then we didn't waste a whole prepped week on the right. recipe. So I always try to, you know, say to have fun like we do. And then it, it's the, um, just the relationship of having, you know, cooking that meal together that really is bonding and, and nice. So, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but for myself, in terms of you know how you can contact me, um, I'm always taking new clients, so feel free to outreach myself at casespecificnutrition.com um, or that is our um, Instagram, Facebook handle is casespecificnutrition. Um, my Instagram is Legree Dietetics. So Legree, L-A-G-R-E-E Dietetics, um, which you can also find in any of his uh, stories this post this <laughs> week. So um, feel free to contact me there if you have any questions, if you or anyone you know is interested in talking with a dietitian. Um, or again, I, I, like he was saying, have some certifications under my name. So not only sports, but I um, do work with, you know, weight loss, um, heart health, inflammation. Um, I work with GI issues, concerns, um, and just optimizing your own health too. If you feel like that would be something that, um, you know, you would like to learn more about. And we do take insurance, which is great because a lot of people don't know that they do have coverage with a dietitian. Right. Uh, until we we check for them and say, oh, you you can see us unlimited. So, nice. so yeah, really nice benefit. So feel free to you know check out any of my posts and I I like you said share workouts and recipes and you know fun fun things that we do <laughs> on the weekends together. So um, feel free to follow me and share there. Well, again, thank you, babe, for stopping by the stoop. And as always, please go ahead, like, follow, subscribe on all of our platforms. Uh, wherever you are listening to us as well, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, in order to stay up to date on all things Legends of the Stoop, you can either go to our website at www.legendsofthestoop.com or you can check us out on Instagram. That is our primary page where we post all upcoming uh, episodes. We also have a couple new features coming um, that have been posted already, such as our first open mic night where we open up our platform for other creatives to share their content uh, with our followers. And then we also have the Stoop Spotlight, which is another thing that we're doing to help uh, highlight local um, businesses, people, musicians, you name it. We're just trying to share our platform with you um, and trying to harbor this inclusive, uh, collaborative online community in which we can all grow together. So again, please make sure to follow us at legendsofthestoop.com. And until next time, I'm your host, Mike Bernies, signing off. Mm -hmm. mm, mm. Going to eat some of this. <laughs> Yum. <laughs>